Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the 10Q Interview Podcast. In today's episode, I talk to the very charismatic founder of thegeniusbox.com, Mr. Andy Reid. I took loads away from this one. A very interesting guest, um, very likeable chap who I think you're going to love listening to. If this is your first time here, I wish you a very, very warm welcome. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I know you're going to. This one's great. Let me know your favorite bit on social media, at 10Q Interview, everywhere you may look. And don't forget, most importantly, to hit subscribe or follow wherever you are listening to this. It would mean the world to me, and I'm sure Andy too, if you share this episode far and wide. There is loads of good bits in it, and you're going to think of someone who would benefit from hearing it. Make sure to let them know. Anyway, enough from me. Now, on to the podcast. Andy Reid. Yes. A very, very warm welcome to Thank You Interview. Thank you so much for joining me on this uh, very chilly Friday morning. It is freezing, isn't it? But already yeah. warmed up in the bosom of our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, how do I move on from that? I might as well the podcast it. now. That's it. End the shortest podcast ever. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Where, you, you're in London, right? Uh, just outside in, okay. in Windsor. Oh, nice. very, yeah, very nice. It got very popular a few years ago when. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> Former soldier, married ex-actress. Yeah. Um, so all that's going on. All the rage now. Uh, yeah. The the rage and the rage as well. I think wow, a lot yeah, of that. indeed. Anyway, so... I kind of um, not even interested in it, really. I'm not, I haven't watched it. I just got no... My wife came home the other day. She was, oh, we have to watch it. I was like, I genuinely don't care. <laughs> no. It's... Remember, people, it sells newspapers. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, nobody buys newspapers anymore. But clicks. It, it clicks, clicks, it's media. Come on, it's a self-perpetuating machine. It's a huge con. Just if, if you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, it's fine. Yeah, yeah indeed. Mm. Anyway, we'll move swiftly on from that. Yes. Andy, you meet a stranger and they ask you what you do. What is it you're most likely to say to them? Depend, well, I think my answer might depend on what I uh, see the strange, the context of the stranger that I meet. You know, okay. I might, so I guess the language changes from time to time. But basically, I say I have my own business, and the team and I work with business leaders and teams to solve their problems and tick off their big to-do list. So I, I'm a problem solver. I like solving people's problems and working with them to do that. Have you always liked being a problem solver? Oh yeah. I when um I have fond memories of being given Christmas presents by Father Christmas and immediately yep. taking them apart and wanting to work out how, how they worked. I'm sure your parents were delighted. Oh, about. De- delighted. Yeah. Apparently Santa wasn't happy, you know, scissors, yep. scissors to pajamas, screwdrivers to clockwork radios, you know? Um, so the, it's a sort of the fascination with how things work and why, I guess if you turn that round, it's, I can therefore understand things and want to fix things and make things yeah. and create things and join things together. I've always had, and, and I, I get the enjoyment of making things come together. Yeah. Okay. So I guess let's go, where do you go for it? So how long have you been doing your business? Started in 2010. Official okay. trading, April Fool's Day, 2010. There you go. Deliberate. Just coincidentally, it's just when the certificate came through. You know, you register oh, at a company's right, house and the thing yeah, yeah, turned yeah. up and it's like, oh, wow. Um, and then that's right at the bottom of the world's economic crisis. So I guess I have a very healthy relationship with risk. Um, yeah. Stepping into, so then we've, how many recessions have we had since two? 
So oh. we managed to survive one, one long constant one nearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to back to the cold metaphor of the of the morning. Um, so didn't didn't borrow any money, didn't borrow any time, just just loads of energy. Just my wife and I left our employer on the same day. So Friday afternoon left employment into the recession. Monday morning, nine o'clock. Let's okay. begin. Let's let's do this. You know. So, yeah, so you work with your wife. Uh, on paper, it okay. says, yeah, but it, I'm, I, I'm the powerhouse. I'm being descriptive, not rude, towards my wife, by the way. So. She's going to listen to this. So no, be like, oh, <laughs> she listens to me all day long. So, oh, you again. Um, so there's a there's a team of 31 of us around the world who okay. live under the brand of Genius Box. And the... I, I, I'm a big fan of sort of movie metaphors to help people make connections. So if you, you must have seen Ocean's Eleven. Of course. Yeah. So if I, if well, I'm Daniel Ocean, Ocean yeah, yeah, but not as good looking or as charismatic. Um, and I haven't done a stretch in prison. But I will assemble my team a bit like the guys from the Ocean's Eleven and we will uh, come up with a solution to sort of rob the safe which is the okay. metaphor of solving the client's problem. And then when that project is done, we will all disband by the fountains. But I'm the okay. constant force you, that's powering that brand. So do you, is it like, would you have a range of freelancers that you're sort of on your Rolodex yes. that you could then dip into? Yes, yes. And okay. people now need to look up the word Rolodex. <laughs> yeah, we're showing our age. A bit ah, that's betrayed our age, hasn't it? Yes, on my final fact. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yes, that's that's very much like it. So I will always be there because I just love being hands on. Yeah. And what kind of problems are you solving? It's. I can I put them in three buckets. Let's have a go. Of so course. there'll be vision and strategy. So what is it that we want to do this year and why? Okay. Um, and how are we going to organise ourselves? I haven't got time to think about that kind of conversation. So we'll do that for leaders. Underneath that will then be, and to deliver our vision and strategy, we've got a whole bunch of work streams and projects that need to be done. So we will then facilitate those projects and work streams and get those okay. done. And then parallel to that, the third thing that we'll do is that we will skill people up so that they can do that for themselves. Because the first two, there's loads of agencies and global consulting firms and one yeah. man bands out there that do that. That's great. And you can, and our clients, can, you're welcome to choose them. But I think what makes us different is that we'll do it with more pace and more energy and more chutzpah and fun. And people will will stop every now and again. And this is the tool we're using. We'll teach you how to use it and then sort of consult our way out of a job. Okay. Well, that's the dream, right? I mean, that's what any that's what they say about startup founders. They should be doing the same thing to a certain degree. I heard that last week. Yeah. Well, I, I just think I think it's that's a good. That's a good thing, isn't it? If I spend yeah, my yeah. time teaching my client how to do it so that they are dependent and they don't need me again. If they're constantly asking me to come in, then that means we're rubbish or yeah. we've engineered it in a, a sort of a Machiavellian way that we're always going to find something wrong. I just think that's, that's bad professional services. Teach a man to fish. Mm. Analogy as old as time. Yeah. Taylor's older. time. We've gone Disney now, haven't we? Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what... Um, so weirdly, actually, I had someone on recently who was not the same thing, but did things for businesses. Mm. And I asked him the same question. But do do our businesses, do they come to you with a problem or do you highlight problems to them? It's or the a bit former. Of 
Okay. It's 90% repeat business from our niche, but wonderful client base. And they trust us with the ability to get stuff done that they haven't time for or the ability to do. It's like, Andy, can you just do this please for us now? Okay. So there's an element of a brief in the box. Okay. Uh, uh, Niche in what context? Sorry, Chris. Sorry, I thought you said in our niche. Oh, so it's a sort of a niche as in uh, small but beautiful client pool. Okay. They're really big, they're big, well-known global brands. Yeah. Um, and people that work with us will know who they are. Out of um, curiosity, how do, how do you get your foot in the door to work with these brands? Because I imagine there'll be people listening to this who are service providers of one description or another. Hmm. And would love to work with household names, or and there'll be a context. I'm I'm sure you know you've been doing this for what twelve ish years, nearly yeah, oh, over yeah, twelve over that, twelve yeah. years. Yeah. Um, yeah, my calendar working out when April was was a bit off kilter there. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure that there's been a progression and an evolution. But what's your thoughts on that? How do people get to work with those as a one man band? I guess is kind of the interesting thing, right? Because like you said, there's lots of consultants and agencies out there who I'm sure would be pitching and have the resources to pitch and do all sorts, but that's not what you are. No, it's When you were asking that question, I, I was thinking about an answer and nothing, nothing came to mind. And then I thought, why, why am I not being able to come up with an answer to this question? That's a piece of advice for our listeners. Yeah, And I'm going to twist it slightly and say there might be someone who's listening who goes i want to work with a, like coca-cola yeah yeah um yeah an international i want to work with i want to knock on the door and find the head of and before you put all your energy into working with a big brand just think to yourself what is it that's going to what is it that you're after having worked with this client that you've set your sights on that you're going to walk away with and use in the future yeah um my and I will answer the question, I promise. But my my learnings have been some of the best work we've done and some of the most stickiest challenges that we've solved that in doing so has I think made us really smart and special and strong for the next commission okay. haven't been with the Unilevers and the Cokes and the HSBCs and the so on and so forth. They've been with businesses that people haven't necessarily heard of, or okay. those businesses that are sort of behind the door and behind the scenes. And they're the sort of the pipe works of some of these big brands. And the people there are brilliant and hardworking and are cracking on with things. And that's been incredibly rewarding. So before you start picking up the phone to the heads of the FTSE, just think about, could you cut your teeth and learn to become a brilliant creative problem solver with businesses close to home? So that's, that's an aside or a bit of stimulus for our okay. listeners. And then in answer to your question, I've been very fortunate Although the more practice I get, the more fortunate I have become yes. in just looking after that network. So I'm still working with our first client, invoice number one. I'm still working with them. And I've, I've grown up with my clients and seen them develop through their careers. And they've become close friends and okay. wedding guests and, you know, you know, holiday guests. You know, I, I have a very proud of the people that, I work with I would call my friends um, and I've managed to navigate the 
that line that people perceive exists of or professional and personal yeah, i just yeah, don't yeah. believe that that adds up at all so no. when when it gels and we get on there's affinity there and we'll protect it for the future and some of the time we do the work and we go great brilliant we intuitively we might not work again but we can look each other in the eye and go that was a really good piece of work thank you so to your point with client number one you said about you know obviously solving their problems the fact that you're still working with them now does that mean as they've evolved and grown their problems have changed and yes and have been new challenges for you yeah there's been new challenges that they as they have moved from business to business and have worked with different teams and where once they would look after a brand, then they find that they're looking after uh, a region or mm. a country or a, a global element of a business and comes with all of the, the unknown baggage, you know. So, which, I guess, which I guess backs up your point really about not necessarily wanting to work with the, the, the Unilevers and the Cokes of this world because to a certain extent they've grown a lot already, right? Or, or yeah. Well, it's arbitrary, isn't it? I want to yeah. work with... Uh, Chris, say you, Chris, yeah. were, we did a project together and you're in Unilever and then you move and you go and work in uh, Coke. I want to work with you, not yes. the fact that you're a new business. And then you leave and you go and work at Pfizer. Great, I want to work with you, Chris, and I want to hear how you have taken your learnings from your previous careers and, and find yourself in this new pharma challenge. I, I'm learning all the time from my clients because of the the, the lives that they're leading yeah do, do you think people forget that because just when you said that I, I look back at some of the work i've done for clients and a lot of my has been exactly that has been people i used to work with or have worked for and then gone on to somewhere else and you work from there and you meet someone there it's almost like this spider's web that sort of creeps out yeah yeah like it's not really a sexy thing that a lot of people talk about because i guess it's a long term right and everyone's all these growth hackers and life hackers are like do this this and this and what's the hack thing all about why are we what's because the... everyone's got everyone's short term aren't they they just want that they want to be a millionaire tomorrow they don't want to mm. evolve that network and build up to it you know? <laughs> it was asked once who's the big invent warren buffett how'd you get yeah. rich and he said slowly yeah if you're in such a rush dear hack mentality to to save time do you it's sort of time quality and and enjoyment, isn't it? There must be some yeah. kind of triangle there. What are you in such a rush to do? Is it like have another hack? <laughs> so there's long term. Enjoy the long term relationship. You want something done properly. You ha you need to invest in it. Would you want, would you hack a marriage? Would you hack parenting? <laughs> like come on. Currently, if you give me some parenting hacks, I'll <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> oh, just. Uh, it's interesting because I, I think when I look at some of the stuff that's been the best in my life, hmm. it has been a result of like a long-term investment of something, right? Whether that's time or energy or money or whatever. Yeah. I think there's the insight to hold on to then. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so you're a problem solver currently. currently. That's, your, that's your trade. That's my trade. Yes. Yep. I'm going to make myself a certificate or word later. Say, if you oh. weren't a problem solver, yeah, and could do anything, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. I would like to have been a set builder in the theatre or in the movies. Interesting. Yeah, 
I would I think there'd be something so are you quite are you, you're quite we've had a few movie analogies and obviously that answer oh, right. are, you, are you are you a movie buff no not even oh, really? well, well, I thought you were going to say yes. Oh, no, I can watch movies, but it, it, movie buffs know things like, oh, and this producer's name was so-and-so, and it, I don't know. Um, oh, no. uh, it, it, am I a movie? In the same way that I'm a food buff, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy okay. eating. Going for fresh air, I'm a walking buff. So I think I would have enjoyed building sets, yes, and stage, because there's there's, they're in the box, aren't they? It's time-bound. You say, right, we need to make a castle, and you need to build it in six months, and it needs to do that. Cool, brilliant. Let's build a castle. <clears throat> so I'm working with people. I'm working with my hands. I'm creating something. And then just as my patience runs out, we have to blow it up and then yeah. build something else, like a ship. How enjoyable, and all the, all the mini little problems you'd have to solve and the stories that I think you could gather Oh, they didn't know the whole thing was made out of sellotape behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. I just think it would be such a rewarding experience. And you couldn't take it home, could you? No. Yeah. You know, as, as I explained to you before we came on, that's the first time I've asked that question. It's, it's in the new set of questions. Oh, it's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I love your answer. And it's, I don't know what I expected the answers to be when I asked these, you know, a lot of the time, but... Mm. I, love I went that. through a, fe- a period of, because it's a better question. What did you want to do when you grow up? Because that's what I think that's a rubbish question. That's what the original question was. Oh, really? Is it? Well, there you go. Yeah. You've made an improvement. It's a because be- it's such a silly question to ask a child. It what is. do you want to do when you grow up? Like they're going to turn around and go, "Oh, I'd like to be a wealth manager." <laughs> yeah. like they, you, you're asking them to describe something they have no knowledge of, so therefore they won't know. Yeah. But I knew a better question. I think is what do you like doing? And would like to continue doing in the future. That's why I, yeah. I, th- I think I say that to my kids. And I had a sense growing up of I wanted to be with people for some of the time and on my own for some of the time. Okay. And I wanted to create things in my head and with my hands. Now, these are quite nebulous. And they were, I didn't necessarily have the language for it growing up. But I certainly carried that feeling around with me. But if you'd asked me, I would have said, I want to be a pilot or... A doctor, or well, for the large part of the 80s, I want to be a member of the 80. Um, who, who didn't? Hmm. So it, maybe the question should be if you were a member of the 18, which, <laughs> which, which one of the four would you be? Or uh, Murdoch, because he had the helicopter. Yeah? Murdoch, Do you think? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I don't know, Hannibal. Hannibal's the Danny Ocean of the world, right? He was, yeah, and he loved it when a plan came together. He did. But maybe, maybe you should like start changing your Danny Ocean al- analogy to be Hannibal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then watch everyone's eyes in the workshop glaze <laughs> yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, all, all the uh, the millennials and Gen Z are like, what is this guy talking this guy. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, am compared, I am an old guy. I get leaflets now inviting me to take a look at one of those uh, residential homes for the over 55. Yeah, it came through the other day. I'm obviously on some mailing list. How old uh, are you? I'm nearly 50. Are you? I, yeah. I'm nearly 50. Yeah. No. You've got to say that, haven't I? <laughs> no, yeah, no, you could, yeah, you could have crushed my self-esteem and got really <laughs> in dog years. <laughs> <laughs> so set designing, I think, is a lovely, amazing mm. answer. Do I'd you, like to do that. that would do you do anything that's, um, I guess, similar 
and I and I and I know I asked that question. I'm just I'm just looking around. Like I I started getting into Lego a bit last oh, right. few years. I don't know if you can see it up there, but I got a Porsche 911. Nice. Are they and the old? Not... Re- is that the new kits or the old retro? No, stuff? I want the old one. But go just... go for the old retro because they're on eBay now. All these amazing Lego sets we could never afford when we were I small. They're just unbelievable money. Yeah. Like I had um a guy. I was chatting to a guy the other day. He's like, oh, I want to buy the um. The Lego Millennium Falcon. <gasps> and I was like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Let's have a... So they pulled it up to me. He showed me £700. <laughs> no. How <laughs> big is it? Is it? Can you. I think it's pretty solid. I think it's like a solid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so crazy. I imagined as a, a child how it would be to build a Millennium. Sorry, a, a Death Star out of Okay. They have Lego. one of those as well. Would you be... I've seen it. It's about the size of football. Though, isn't it? I remember oh, going to. It? I think I remember. Now, this might be in my imagination. Hopefully, someone listening will have a photo of this. I remember going to Harrods in the eighties to their toy department, and okay. I have a vivid memory that the folk at Harrods built out of Lego a kind of Death Star thing, and this thing must have been about ten feet high, and you could look in it and had all the layers. Wow, and there was like a there, yeah, there was like a cafe and a disco and all that kind of thing. Stormtroopers have got to eat. Yeah, stormtrooper car wash, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I I went home and obviously tried to rebuild this thing with the six bits of Lego that I had at the time. It was was a bit... I made the uh, cup holder of the Death Star (laughs) out of Lego. Fair enough. Um, But I guess my... We went on a bit tangent about Lego, but are you doing anything sort of I guess comparable to set building or uh, the lockdown was good in that we you could you could still build that was yep. essential isn't it so we had an extension put on the house and because most of my work fell off the shelf I decided to become a builder for the for the lockdown and got stuck in and that was enjoyable. Oh, so you did I'm, love it yourself, did you? It, well, moved a broom. Or were you helping? I was helping. Uh, okay. In inverted commas, but. I'm, I believe I'm relatively practical. Yeah. So there was, um, we don't live that far. Because Windsor is not far from Pinewood Studios. You can actually go to Pinewood Studios and you can go on the lot and Shepparton yeah. Studios and buy those false bricks that you would build um, sort of Diagon Alley out of in Harry oh, can Potter. You? Okay. You can sort of buy panels. So I panel, I, I so false bricks got that. walls. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Like nice. That. Doesn't look like Harry Potter Diagon Alley. Is that what the bricks were from? Uh, No, I said, oh, are these the kind of bricks that you would use to build? Yeah, he goes, yeah, that's the kind of thing we would use. I think I don't. Maybe he's just stringing me a line. But you buy them in sort of meter square panels, and you. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know if they peeled them off the set from Diagon Alley. That would have been very cool. That would have been cool, wouldn't it? He could have said that. When you're selling the house, you can tell them that. Will, yeah. (laughs) Are these these are the actual bricks? Yeah. So, fake, yeah. fake, fake Daniel Radcliffe's signature on one of them somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, before we end up getting sued, let's move on to the next question. Yeah, yeah. Andy, tell me something about you that not many people know. Hmm. There's a famous American author called David Foster Wallace who okay. said you'll soon stop worrying what people think of you when you realise how seldom they do. And it's a lovely piece of advice. Yeah. 
I have to work very hard to keep that piece of advice front of centre because I can very quickly go, oh, that person thinks ill of me and spend days, weeks yeah. thinking about, but what if they think this and what if they think that and, and, and going over in my head conversations I should have said or could have said or ought to have said. A bit like how we started this conversation, you know, the yeah. Stephen Fry comment. Um, and it's and it's a it's a waste of your own personal energy, isn't it? So I have to work very hard to push away my sort of paranoia demons. I think that would be something that not many people know about me. You think the people who know you'd be surprised to hear that? I think they would be surprised because I yeah. think people that would know me and work with me go, oh, yeah, he's always upbeat, optimistic and cheerful and there's always I'm looked to to know what to do next. Yeah. Um, but behind this, you know, if I'm on a, if I have a bad day, it's pretty horrible and probably those yeah. around me don't like it. So I have to work very hard at keeping, um, keeping not relentlessly positive. I think that can be exhausting but i have to keep yep. keep a, to keep a healthy sense of perspective takes a little bit more extra energy for me there you go uh, do you know i'm the same I, I i i do that and it's kind of strange isn't it i bet like me i bet you if anyone asked for advice you'd be straight away saying don't worry about what anyone thinks yeah and then when it comes to yourself it's like Oof. Oof. yeah yeah so t being the ability to take one's own medicine is i find uh it's no it's not hard i have to I have to work. I have to go. Oh yes, it's this. This is happening again. Oh, yeah. I know what to do. I find it. I have to work hard at being able to give myself that advice. Have you ever not done something because you're worried what people might think? Probably, but then, I guess the power of the mind is it's those moments of maybe being erased. I didn't know if there's anything like major you'd regretted. Oh, do you know what? I wish I'd done that. Or no, there's things that I've. I've done and uh, and looking back, as you know, despite everybody telling me the opposite, I did it anyway. So it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. But then I remember sitting. Um, yeah, I remember someone saying, "At the time, everything you have like you, his his comment was, you never make a bad decision at the time." Because okay. at the time, given all you knew, your motivations, your your sense of self, the experience you had, your intention, how you felt, how you were reacting to the people around you, you said this or you did that. At the time, that was the right thing to do. Yeah. And it's only now, when you separate your action in time and space, you look back on it with a different version of you and go, mm, yeah, but I wouldn't have done it like that now. Yeah, <laughs> of course you wouldn't. Yeah, Dr. Hindsight. Uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it you make decisions and maybe there's some life lesson in the if, if there is something to be learned then the same situation will present itself time and time again until eventually you make you turn left instead of right and then yeah. you've learned and then you never come up against that situation again or you smell it you go ah i've been here before and i know what to do yeah yeah it's funny the whole what people think I, I, I told this story before, but when I start, I have this dream of being a YouTube creator mm -hmm. and it's very much dream like, and I've not got around to it yet. And I've also, you know, this podcast for one as well. Mm. And one of my big blockers was 
what I thought one particular person in my life would think about it. Hmm. And that person was like my benchmark of whether or not um, I would get laughed at or judged or whatever, whatever. Hmm. And this person I've known for a long, long time, right? Very hmm. good friend. And hmm. there's no logical reason necessarily why I think this. Hmm. But I thought that their um, uh, viewpoint would be kind of disparaging. Anyway, lo and behold, I start putting the podcast out, start doing a few YouTube videos. The first person who comes, and, and it took a lot of effort to get to that stage, by the yeah. way. And the first person who dropped me a WhatsApp, loving the videos, loved the podcast, nice work, was this person. I was just oh, like, oh go. my God, the years I've put off doing stuff because worrying about what one person would think. Yeah. It's it's crazy, isn't it? When, yeah. you, when you look at it. And so you can't indulge the feeling of a negative thought. And yet those very thoughts are often the ones that, that guide us and yeah and maybe it's you have high standards Chris you know you're you've looked after me before the podcast you know we get on that you check the tech the environment behind you is all smart fabulous you you're invested you're you're clearly wanting to do a good job so I infer from that you have high standards and you didn't want to put poor quality into the world and which is a great strength isn't it but then overdone that could easily turn into a voice of that isn't good enough yeah and uh, you shouldn't do it and blah 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 and that would prevent you doing the very thing that you want to do and it's that that balance between the voice you, on the i guess what it made me yeah. think was is how many of us how many of the billions of us on this planet mm -hmm. are not doing something we'd like to have a crack at because of that yeah what, it's, but it's, it's interesting you raise that yeah. as a as a talking point you know Again, someone would look at yourself and go, oh, you know, he's very, like you said, very calm, collected, mm. insightful, blah, 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 inspirational, optimistic, whatever, you know, all the words you said. But then deep down, you're battling that. And I battle it. And I'm sure everyone battles with it to a certain degree. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a, I'm glad you said it mm. from the start because it shows that actually um, everyone does suffer with this, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure otherwise, because if we didn't, then we wouldn't have the uh the peaks and troughs like as yeah. i'm speaking to you now i can see there's a, a little sine wave of my voice bouncing up and down on the screen yeah so the more animated and excited i get the bigger that <laughs> that amp yeah. amplified wave becomes well it's equal and opposites so is it unsurprising that the folk in history that we look to for being creative geniuses whether that be in art and musical literature sort of didn't fit in with society that well or had their yeah. own demons and you know popped off their mortal coil a little bit earlier yeah. than others because they used all of that energy up. Um, so on a good day, I'm fabulous. On a bad day, I'm equally fabulous in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we all have it. Um, and I guess the wisdom is being able to, to manage it and make it work for you. Yeah. Agreed. Managing it's tough though sometimes, right? How, how do you go about managing that? Uh, take a, a lot of a, a lot of time looking after myself physically. So I've got to go to the gym regularly. Got a personal trainer. Eat and drink okay. well. Some people I know who are going to listen to this and go, "No, you don't. You live off a diet of beer and cheese and peanuts, Andy. Have and, <laughs> like there's ten coffees before midday." Yes. Um, but, but despite those perhaps sideways moves, I take time to look after 
my body always go to sleep the right side of midnight yeah get out into fresh air every day connect with what matters don't turn on the digital before nine o'clock lots of just little simple things that remind me to look after my energy and my body as my good mate said if you look after it well it'll last a lifetime <laughs> yeah fair enough mm. um tell me about what has been one of the most pivotal moments in your life uh, other than being born other than being <laughs> born i guess like i loved getting married and being and and being married and becoming that family unit that changed things inside okay definitely uh, I suppose the... the here's, more... here's a weird question for God. you, sorry. Yeah. Mm. And I don't know if I'm being totally sexist by answering it. And the reason it comes up, there was something on the, the radio my wife and I were listening to the other day, and it's saying about how, uh, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's generally along the lines of a lot of women grow up wanting to be married. Mm-hmm. And my use case of one from a man's perspective was, I didn't really, like, I did not want to, didn't want to, it just wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you say that about um, was was something was it on your radar? I guess is a very short version of that long-winded question. No, but it's not sexist. Let's be because this whole sexist thing is so. Oh, I don't think your the the conversation that you had is sexist. So let's just look at it through the lens of perhaps a marketeer. Is okay. you could say in order to sell wedding the wedding brand the wedding concept we might want to lean into a hypothesis that since the age of three (laughs) women are dreaming of their wedding day and how they are going to look and all the people are going to go you look amazing um your dress is that perfect match between like sexy but not too sexy and beautiful but not envious and da 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 and and there's magazines and websites and holidays and and Hollywood movies, Hollywood movies, and all these hundreds of touch points that flooding the general population all about a wedding day. And it's all about the bride. Okay. Yeah. Um, so women want to get a wedding day. Men, I think, just might want to be married. There's a difference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, it's a, it's a hypothesis and it's a sticky note in a workshop and I'm not being sexist and it's just stimulus. Let's not all write into Chris and Andy. Okay? <laughs> right. Cause that's the way that the world goes. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have big pictures of a wedding day, but I had a sense of, I wanted a unit that extended just beyond me and the pictures in my head of just living alone for the rest of my life, eating pot noodles and watching television weren't as attractive as having a family unit and a base to come home to and a base to leapfrog out of with with a family and a wife okay but these were you you know if you sat me down and asked me to put language to it i wouldn't have been able to have done that in my 20s and 30s i got married when i was 40. yeah and i loved my i loved my wedding day it really was a fantastic occasion and it was and, and and i sensed that sort of feeling happen around me so that was a pivotal moment i know it's not very exciting as oh 
The other pivotal moments, right? Left my relationship and quit my job and shoved everything in storage and went to London to seek my fortune, which happened. But that's not necessarily the one that would have ultimately. Yeah, it's the one that that's the one that came to mind first. Well, that, but that's that's that the question. beauty of this podcast and I guess long form content in general, right? Is hmm. we can explore. You know, getting married is not a bad thing. No, it's a really good thing. I recommend. Like I enjoyed it. my wedding day, weirdly, and I like you. I was. Oh, I better get this right. Not that she ever really listens to it. But, um, <laughs> four years ago, yeah. So yeah. I'd have been four. I'd have been about forty when I got married. Right, actually, there you go. Strangely, yeah. Um, and that's a whole different conversation about getting married later in life. But hmm. I never really like. Like I said, marriage wasn't on my radar. And we also um, semi-eloped as well. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed my wedding day. Yeah. And I know that sounds like I'm really surprised by that. And I kind of am to a certain degree. Not that I thought it'd be rubbish. But it was, to all your points, it was about the whole kind of actually becoming a proper unit. No, I don't know. I want to rephrase that because it sounds really weird. But we were a unit. But a different kind of unit. It's a different quality about the unit. Yeah. Just that there's a sense of stability and permanence and i'm letting the world know that this is important but the reason i raise it is because for me it was also a pivotal moment in my life Hmm. was it the most i don't know it's up for debate but i know that my mindset changed after that day yes so so what to your point is like oh you know maybe it's not as sexy as about backpacking to bali yeah and meeting, you know, yeah, meeting loads of people. It's, oh, yes. Yeah. But your mindset didn't change when you went backpacking to Bali, got stung yeah. on a beach. No, that's just that just becomes a very boring, dull story in the context of what really matters to your life. Indeed, I think. Um, it was the mindset. But like, but like you, my, I, it was a big pivotal moment for me, hmm. um, and things have changed as a result. I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, career. What you know, the the packing up everything I have, leaving a house and a relationship and shoving it in storage and in tying ends and burning books and going to London with all that was important to me in the boot of a Rover 800. That was a clearly, that happened to be quite pivotal, but yeah. I still carried the same mindset around with me for a few months. So obviously I wasn't learning yeah. and then things started to happen. And da, 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 da. So it was a catalyst to better and bigger things, but the act of, moving to London to seek my fortune. That wasn't the pivotal moment. The pivotal moments happened as a result of that. So that's why the marriage thing, I think, came up. Where were you moving from? Uh, I was living in Bath at the time. Okay, not far from me. Um, yeah. Okay. And the and, and I'd get up, and it was dark and cold when I'd get up, and I'd get on, a, get on the train, and I'd fall asleep on the train. And I'd wake up as the train used to come into Paddington. It's ma- amazing how the brain works, isn't it? it yeah, just, just, yeah, you know, yeah. Um Well, I don't know. I have I have stories like that where I used to go home and I used to wake up in Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't live in Cambridge, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why am I here? Um, and and work long days and then and then go all the way. It was just silly. It was, it was exhausting, expensive, and for all sorts of reasons, it ground to a yeah. halt. But the going back to what you said, it was the. I started to think and feel very differently when I became officially like a married man. So that's that's pivotal. That's cool. That's a good thing. I enjoy yeah. that moment. Hmm. 
Next, let's move on. Moving on then. Yeah. Um, is there a tiny habit or practice that has had a positive impact on your life or work? Ooh. And, and I've also got a, sort of like a, a sub question to that as well is, has there been something that you tried or thought would have a positive impact, but actually you gave it a go and was like, no, this is rubbish. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's probably been lots of those. But then yeah. again, I would have made good effort to have forgotten them. Um, I did dry January once and was very miserable. So there's, um, don't know if that's any use. That's, uh, the things I'm uh, an avid reader. I've always got something I'm reading, maybe two or three books on the go. And in the okay. summer months, when it's much easier for me to lift my weary head off a pillow, yeah. I will come down to the front room and sit and read and just read quietly i think the habit of reading is a good healthy thing it has enriched my knowledge and understanding of the world and it was only the other day it said uh we spend three hours watching tv on on the day average or three hours in front of the screen if you spent three hours a day reading then you'd become in you'd be in the top one percent of people in your field. Now that's really powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the immediate benefits of reading, I are, are joyful and they make me laugh and think. So there'll always be something I walk away from from the day. Go, oh, I've just read something really interesting, or that's a really nice phrase, or that's a long word I need to look up. But in my work, it's often things that I've read a long, long, long time ago that have helped me. They just pop yeah. out from time to time. So anyone that is in the creative industry is reading this, listening to this, read loads of different things. And I promise you that when you need a bit of inspiration, your your mind will give it to you because once upon a time you read something on, you know, the history of the I don't know the merchant. Is, is there a act. book? Is there a book yeah. that leaps out of you when you're telling that anecdote that actually think, oh, do you know what that? Oh no, I'm sorry to be sort of put that into the shutters, but it is. There's so many. I'm looking at your bookcase behind you, and you, you they're all well thumbed books. Yes, I too have something a bit similar. I love books. Yeah, and um, are you a fiction, non-fiction, bit both? No, uh, non non-fiction books, social sciences. Uh, quirk, sort of. I'm now moving into sort of politics and ethics. I like sort of big, big chunky topics. But then, yeah, the non-fiction would be the 1920s who done it. Sort of Eric Banner, the Agatha Christie esque types. Of nice, books. yeah. And then when my my grandparents died, there's a big store cupboard full of old books. Hang on, there's one here. Hang on, hang on. This, this is going to be, look, look at this, right? This uh. is called The Leisure of an Egyptian Official, and it's by Lord Edward Cecil, and was first published in, hang on. And this is a book you got out of your, your yeah, grandparents' head? 1929, there you go. Wow. Preface to the first edition, 1921. So... I'm going to go back and start reading something that has the context of a century before us. Right? It's exactly 100 years old. So the author thinking just about off, Just off audience, the back of the war as well. Yeah. 
And in between those, in between that time of optimism and depression and paranoia and uh, decadence as well, because the 1920s, there was that society that just come out of that nasty war. Yeah. Going, We're never going to do that again. Now's for yep. living. Let's let's go touring and and it was the jazz age, wasn't it? And art deco architecture and fashion and it was it was it was a really exciting but dark time because yeah. obviously we know what came next. But just imagine all of the things that are going to emerge out of these this book. How it, what a brilliant thing to do! Can't wait to get into that. So yeah, yeah. Really weird things all the time. That's a good habit. I agree with that. And I, I kind of kicked, we, we moved house like, oh, a year and a bit ago. Mm. And one of the things I'm kicking myself a bit about is I got rid of a load of books. Mm. And I, I, I gave them to, this is a totally random story, but I ended up getting this, this guy who just got divorced and mm. he was a, you know, he worked in the film industry actually. Um, not as a set designer, but he was, uh, in the, he was a creative in the film industry. Very totally interesting guy who, randomly replied to my ad on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Um, I'm totally digressing here. But anyway, yeah, so I gave him hundreds of books. Really? I just, I, yeah. Did you just I, want to clear out? And stuff? Like, it, it, I have a dream in life. At some point later in my life, I had this big library in my big yeah. house yeah. with a fireplace, and it's just like where I can lock myself away on yeah. a comfy chair. And read the memoirs of Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> And I had this dream of this big, like, huge bookshelf with a ladder. Yes, a spiral ladder. Yeah. Yes. Oh, somewhere up here is the uh, the Big Wall's first yeah. edition. Yes. Um. So yeah, I gave a load of books away. It will happen. And I kind of kicking myself, but don't don't do that. Don't do. That. There's plenty of time. Indeed. There's um. I that's I would love very much. I think to have a. It would be a library or drawing room, something that smells of yeah. pipe and musk, and sit there in a leather chair with a, a, a real or imagined fireplace and read, just read. Yeah. So yes, a habit that I've enjoyed is definitely reading. Although I, I think I got into reading a little late, um, and then something that I've tried that gave up because it didn't work for me would have been yes, early morning, early morning exercise. Ah. Uh, I'm a good. I do like. A, I'm not a mornings person. I think I'm a, more of a night owl. So okay. any habit that I've tried in the morning, I've got a good friend who <laughs> jumps in freezing cold water every morning. He's got a house with the ability to do so. Right. Wild horses wouldn't wake me and put me in a cold water bath in the morning. No way. It's all the rage. It's all the rage at the moment. Oh. This whole cold water thing. I had one of my previous guests, Bryony. Yeah fascinating she was i love mm. talking to her and I, I saw on her instagram yesterday the day before she she went to some lake they had to, they had to crack the ice what, to get in it lake to get in it <laughs> Bridie, what are you doing i just thought <laughs> right <"Brides."> <laughs> but then uh, you, we need all these different people that like different things so when they come together they see things differently so Oh, indeed. I mean, we spoke yeah. about it on, on, on an episode for, I don't know, 20 yeah. minutes. <laughs> it's Bri just like... It's, Briny's in the it. ice, I'll be in the sauna, and then yeah. we can sort of swap perspectives there. But you mentioned a minute ago mm. um, about how you don't have any digital before nine o'clock, about how you have um, fresh air every day. Yes. And my poor memory is failing me on the other things you said. But they're yeah. kind of tiny habits, right? They, yes. Is that stuff you've yeah, actively things I do. Yeah. worked on? Yeah, yeah. So I would, um, uh, 
Yes. The, uh, the exception is I need to get out of the habit only because I can't find the charger. It is the phone is in the bedroom, but ordinarily that wouldn't be. I'd have a a, a battery powered alarm clock. Okay. And there's no point doing that now because my wife's phone goes off at her alarm clock. But I think it's bad to go to bed looking at a phone and then it be the first thing you reach for in the morning. That's I agree. Just not good. Um, so yes, avoid. I avoid anything digital until nine because you'll be surprised just those extra few minutes to yourself yeah go what am i doing today what's the one big thing i need to do today let's just have a minute to think and it'd be all so easy just to reach across and start fiddling with something and playing with some apps and all people really do i watch them on the train is open up an app wiggle their finger over it for two seconds and then close it and do the same across all of their apps on their phone yeah that's just not good it's not being very yeah it's not i don't think that's a good use of one's time so yeah there you go let me let me ask you a provocative question go potentially do you think that there is a correlation then between the whole mental health issues going on in the world and the rise of the mobile phone yes and the yeah totally it it must be incredibly difficult for to kind of sum up, which is clearly a very complicated topic yeah. in yeah. articles or podcasts and pithy statements. But I'm going to have a go. Yeah. I think there what it appears to me, there was once a big homogenous grey area that where things were difficult and differences of opinions were shared in a kind of respectful fashion in, oh that's interesting, Chris. I yeah. see things differently. Mm, I haven't thought about that. Mm, that's really interesting. Goodness gracious me. And on the outside of that were maybe small numbers of extreme views that the great body of the unwashed would go, oh, that's an extreme view. Yeah. yeah? It seems to me that that big ball of happy but you, but you also difference. wouldn't hear that extreme view exactly. very often, right? No. Because the people you're friends with and having dinner with were the Probably people like in that category yeah. yeah and there wasn't the invasion in your own head through loads of different accessible types of sources of media to to sway your opinion and you'd have to go out of your way to go and seek the, the extremes yeah. you'd have to make conscious efforts to do that but now as i understand it it only takes something like 20 or 30 likes on a social media platform for various clever algorithms that do their thing and you start to get fed the same sort of interesting things that you found yeah, interesting yeah, before. Yeah. Now I can understand therefore, mathematically, and it's an intertextual level, why we've now no longer got that big body of consensus and uh, happy, respectful agreement and disagreement, but instead we've just got hundreds and thousands of lots of different extreme opinions. And yeah. people are so quick to be confrontational and that i think is such a such a shame mm -hmm. and the time it takes for people to lose their temper or dig in their heels or get cross or high and mighty and stop listening and start being all quite finger pointing i think is is happens in seconds or yeah. or, or tweets and that can't be good for a developing mind, can it? No. And I let's and you know, if my mind is still developing and I'm nearly fifty, 
And I wonder what that's like for someone who is in his or her teenage years. And I would, it must be incredibly difficult being young growing up now. But then was it always such? Question mark. Dot, dot, different, dot. different difficulties, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So, but, but those, but those previous difficulties are probably still there to a certain degree, right? Yeah, I mean, and then I don't know what how our minds rem- remember it, but I grew up in an age where most schools looked like Grange Hill. Yeah. Right. There was, <laughs> there was one Roland who was the big yeah. one. You know, there was yeah. a, a handful of grotty kids. There was a far, you know, the fat one, the silly one. The, the you know, all classrooms looked a bit the same. Um, we, I remember, is this nostalgic? Am I just remembering the happy times, not the tough times? I, I managed to grow up without social media. I didn't just sit there looking at my hands, wishing there was a phone. I must've done something with my time. Um, what do kids now do? They, they just, they're just in their, they're in their phones all well, do, the do, time. Do you, do you use social media much? No. No, I don't. I use, I'm a, I'm a user of LinkedIn for business. Yeah. Yeah. And when it's not doing its Facebook thing, which you look at me and my friends, you know, and there's lots of pictures and how great my day was. It is that, that gets me on my soapbox. Um, That's question number seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I like, so, but I've got some Instagram accounts, but they're for, my my business sort of is pictures of flip charts i don't think it's very exotic feed right i've got a couple of other instagram accounts because i've got a couple of cars that so the cars for the nerds um but i don't i've got a twitter account but i hardly ever tweet you know so well, let, let me uh, let yeah. me ask you about your kids then one so hmm. uh, are your kids like you said one of them's 14 so i guess he he or is she she is at that age where it's just starting to become a yeah a conversation yeah but she we've got uh she's got a very interesting relationship with me we've we've had a conversation with her say so you we would like you to stay off social media okay as in you post pictures of you on it until you're 16. let's okay. have this conversation if you do that you'll be rewarded and i'm not talking about a trip to alton towers like we'll genuinely give you something that will help you in your life because by the time you're 16 you'll be in a position to tell us where the kind of things in your head and your dreams and your aspirations we might be able to support you she what she, she does she she tiktoks with her friend can you do that can you do like an, an a, like an internal group thing you can send messages to each other internally and not publicly i don't, so. I don't know maybe so they they use it as a source of and my 11 year old son they use social media as a source of entertainment and there's channels that they watch and subscribe and follow to and they make their own videos and they post okay. them up but they don't pick, take pictures of themselves in the bathroom pouting okay yeah it's not about them as individuals i think there's a road to ruin there and there must be all sorts of nasty stories about people who haven't got enough likes and they start doing nasty things to themselves we all we're all aware of those that's horrible and how, how did she take that when you said that when you had that conversation no, she, it was something that sort of emerged over the kitchen table as a family okay so we you know it we, we said look you this is the world that you live in it's very very different than what mum and dad grew up in <laughs> um you we can't stop you it's inevitable and unavoidable yeah. as is sex drugs and rock and roll we can't stop 
these things happening it's that's like saying don't get covered in sunlight or the rain or be exposed mm. to the coronavirus it's impossible what we need to do is have a conversation about what your relationship is going to be and look like with it and yeah. there's different options here which one makes sense to you and we came to an agreement as a family you stay off it as in you the individual yeah you can post stuff but i don't want you on it because it's have a scary you, um... place it is. Have you seen that Netflix documentary? The name escapes me. Which is about um, about how they all the algorithms yes. work. Yes, I have. Yeah. It's a sort of it's a sort of drama documentary thing, isn't it? Yeah. Is that yeah, the one? Yeah, yeah. There's a, the character from Mad Men. Is That's on it. it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I have yes, seen yes, that. Yes. I'd like to watch yeah. that again. I think we'd watch it with with my daughter. Yeah. Well, that's the, what I was going to say. The I one that it. I enjoyed. There's a book called Four. Here we go. Back to your previous question. Two okay. things come to mind. There's a book called Four, and it's and it's about Facebook, Google, Apple, and another one. And it's about how these algorithms work, and it's about the power that these software engines have. And it's okay. by oh, it's on the shelf. Can I lean over and get it? That will help yeah, your readers. Hang on. Ah. Or we could just do a Google search right now. That's what I'll do it afterwards. Don't do worry. it afterwards. He's, he works in um, in a university. F-O-U-R-4, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very good. And in that, it, it, and he managed to, over a few pages, very succinctly, about halfway through the book, say, this is what has now happened to society, plural, societies. It's very well written. Okay. Dig that out, listeners. I'll have a look. And mm. uh, people can let you know what they think about it. Superpowers... I believe that everyone has at least one. Yeah. What would you say is yours? I can fly. No, I can't. Okay, <laughs> some superpower. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I love to fly. Wee. Um. I. I can always come up with a solution. There's always a way. There's always a way. So it's that belief of. When the chips are down, emotionally. There's a way to put yourself out where there's a client problem. There's a solution where there's a, a, an intellectual struggle. There's an answer where there's something that isn't there's, there's a pipe leaking behind the kitchen. Fix it. There, there's always a way. There's an old adage. What man can make, he can mend. So there's a, there's, there's that, that, that's a sort of philosophy that I believe to be true. And I think it gives me my superpower. Okay. Let me ask you something then. So I agree that that is a superpower. Hmm. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, is it weird that that is a superpower? Yeah, shouldn't it just be an ordinary power? Yeah. But we're... <laughs> it is weird. Yes. Why is it weird? Why is something that is true something that is perceived that only a few people have? Or maybe folk are just happy to receive the answers that other people come up with to problems in the world. Maybe that's it. Maybe people just let someone else worry about it. yeah. yeah, yeah. So there could be a superpower, which is, uh, yeah, well, I'm ambivalent and things happen to me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's strange, isn't it? I, I agree. I think it's a superpower. It's something I think about a lot. Hmm. But you're, you're kind of the second person who said that in a few episodes oh, right, or okay. a derivative of that. Who are the other people? I'm just interested. I'll go and listen to them. Um, so Let me the know. The other person yeah. who said that was... Um, Oh, it's actually Alexis. He's getting published next week. Oh, okay. Yesterday. Okay. Um, All right. 
Uh, and also, actually, I think um, Ollie Denhard said it as well. Maybe it's oh, three right. people. Yeah. But it's strange. And I remember thinking the same thing. I was like, why is that? I, I, I agree. And it's not me, me mocking it in any way. But it's kind of like, why? <laughs> yeah. Power. And it mustn't be confused with, if you, if you really, really want something, you can get it. No, Disney. Yes. No, Secrets. America. No, it doesn't work like that. It's, you've got to work hard to, to make those connections and turn your intention into the superpower. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You've got to, you, you, you don't just roll a bar, heat a bath and fill it with Epsom salts and the an epiphany will happen. No, you've got to work the problem hard. Agreed. Yeah. That's Agreed. The, who said it. Steve McQueen said, work hard, get the goodies. Isn't that, that lovely? Said. Right. So just, you've got to work, you've got to work the puzzle hard. And as a reward of your endeavors, you will spot something that no one else has seen because you've done the hard work. That's what See, the problem is, Andy. You're not allowed to say that these days because people will jump on you for being a, a proponent of a hustle culture. Yeah, what's hustle culture? Um, well, I guess it's people promoting that you have to work 18 hours a day and weekends and. You know, and then the, the flip side of that coin is, oh, it's unhealthy. It's an unhealthy attitude to life. And actually, oh, right, okay. Well, um, I never, I never put time in it, did I? I said you've no, got I to work the problem hard. But there's so, a there's a definite conversation going on in the world about what the definition of working hard is. And well, I guess, anybody could be a busy fool, can't they? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'll look that one up. That's interesting. But we won't go down that road, otherwise we'll be inundated with uh, uh, people. Hustlers. Yes. <laughs> or or hustlers. The yeah. Um, what topic is guaranteed to get you on your soapbox? Well, I found my new one, which is the hustle culture. <laughs> hustle culture. <laughs> Lots of things will quickly piss me off, I think. You know, rudeness, dropping litter, shouting on trains. But then... I look back and think that was the kind of thing that I did when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, people that say um in their sentences or like when they're trying to make connections, but then that, that might just be the evolution of language and me getting oh, God, I'm going to hate listening back to this episode. Yeah, let's see, let's see, how, see how many ums and likes. Ums and ums and in. likes. The speed at which people s stop listening and like shout at each other watch gb news and the guests on the sofa talk over each other all the time i don't believe that that would have been the behavior a hundred years ago when lord edward cecil wrote the leisure of an egyptian official yes i think and he was on the pr circuit exactly. <laughs> the graham norton of his day exactly i yeah. think i'm quick to get on my soapbox when complicated issues such as i don't know let's have a look at the funding of the nhs and its ability to deliver for an aging nation are summed up in a tweet and so very quickly people can take the opposite view there seems to be no nuance nuance and ability yeah. for people to just to indulge and listen and work through these complex problems everyone's in such a hurry and uh very quickly get quite rude and stop listening and on a bad day, I stop listening. So, counsel for mm. myself. Mm. Yes. What else? Uh, 
and how incredibly difficult it is to be an owner of a motor vehicle now because you're just losing money all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a brilliant, it was in the Metro, I think, on the train the other day. I went in and someone said, why is it CCTV footage of, of, of sort of muggers and burglars is always really blurry? But you go into the congestion zone and your registration numbers in high definition. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do think I properly laughed out loud on the coach then. That was that was a, such a lovely comment. Whoever wrote that, insightful. That's some I've, I've sums seen, up I've seen, um, I've seen versions of that comment yeah. elsewhere. Isn't that great? Funny. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. That's that's the, stuff like that. The the um will get me up on my, my soapbox. Yeah, yeah. The lunacy of it all. The amazing show, Have I Got News For You, which I always keep missing. I think they turn all of the things that frustrate people into great um, laughter because we can all empathise with the lunacy of the world and turn it to a sort of comedy show. But I don't know if we can all empathise. This is half the problem, right? I don't know if we can all empathise with uh, the lunacy of the world because yeah. half of us are, are a part of the problem. Yeah, uh, yeah that's interesting. We're, more we're more all in our own little bubbles, aren't we? So Well, yeah, which goes nicely back to the point earlier, right, about how we are all in our own bubbles. We're all a little bit self-absorbed and actually couldn't care less what Jack down the road is doing on his YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course we are. We're all yeah. motivated by different reasons, but I think ultimately what matters to us is ourselves first. That's, yes. that's genetic nature. But... Just one thing, I can't remember if it was before we started recording about, you, you said about... Um, evolving into your becoming your your dad oh yeah are these these soapbox things are these are these dad like yes. qualities yeah definitely you yeah. Uh, turning into the cast of grumpy old men yeah my i've got a great name i was gonna drop a victor meldrew reference yeah <laughs> again no, while well, that'll betray both our age <laughs> yes. i don't believe it yeah definitely um it's uh i've got a great friend called dan who called it pneumonia it's something new to moan about. <laughs> so I suffer from pneumonia. There you go. Oh, um, He'd be a great guest. That's a good, good line. <laughs> um, I'd be interested to know your answer to this question because you're obviously very wise and, and you've been around the block oh, wow. a few times. Yeah. That's, that's a polite way of... Thanks. Um, that would be um, called wise. Love wisdom. it. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you've heard? It was something that was written above the door of um, the college pastoral tutor in a college where I worked. So okay. I, I, used to, I used to work in a sixth form college called Peter Simmons College. And it was the UK's largest non-selects. There's about two and a half thousand people there, two and a half thousand teenagers. I can only- Sixth formers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge, Blimey. huge, yeah. So you've got your age 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds. Um, I can only imagine the types of problems that certain individuals would have had when they go and sat down in front of the pastoral tutors and had private conversations. And yeah. above the door was a quote by Mark Twain. And it said, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And that was brilliant. And I, I read that. I went, God, that's amazing. That's really good advice. Mm. that's because you can be if, if you if you just tell the truth it's always going to be consistent your story 
Yeah. It also it also comes back to yeah your story is exactly what I was going to say. It comes back to something I was reading the other day about authenticity and everyone was saying about going back to your social media uh, comments. Like a big thing about being on social at the moment is being your authentic self as mm. opposed to being the um, oh god, I said I'm making it constantly now. Um, <laughs> so, so don't, don't, hurt, don't hurt yourself. It's fine. It's just the way the, we think. Yeah. Where was I? Yes, social media being your authentic self and actually to your point if you are your authentic self i.e you tell the truth and you are yourself all the time then you don't have to portray who you're acting to be i want to be my authentic self talk about yourself in the third person just just be you but it's good advice people don't want to do that people want to post pictures of them standing next to a lamborghini Uh, on a private jet or some beach in the cayman islands yeah good for them that's their journey and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit there and keep looking at pictures if i ever find it don't just don't do it don't in, give them the platform that enables them to want to post these pictures. Oh, well, oh, I know that. If that's what they I want to do, that. that's what they want to do. But I just think that's good advice to, if it was good advice, maybe perhaps to a 17 year old who is experiencing particular challenges and they're about to yeah. talk to someone and get those challenges solved or get some help. If you tell the truth, it's going to be a lot easier. If you start to couch your story with an inflated version of yourself, this is me and my Lamborghini and Bruce Springsteen told me not to name drop and all of this kind of stuff. It's not going to be as beneficial than if you just look someone in the eye and tell them the truth. And it will always be a consistent, healthy story. And when I have not told the truth in my past, things have gone south. So oh, yes. um, the that is good advice. Or do you know what I love? Ready. Do you know what I love most about that is so I, I, I read a lot about behavioural psychology and, and the and the like. And it's a good nudge, right? It's a good nudge for when people are going in there to suddenly think Yeah. They don't even know they're getting nudged. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mark Twain. Mark Twain. So I read it. Although obviously Mark Twain didn't tell me in person. <laughs> <laughs> well actually I changed that question for that exact reason. Is Okay. It used to be what's the you know, what's the best piece of advice uh, you've um, what that someone has said yeah but actually you know with there are so many signals out there these days whether it's signs above door frames or social media for, yeah, for yeah, all yeah. its yeah. sins actually yeah. you hear stuff you think, oh, that it makes a lot of sense but um, I am conscious of your time so I'm going to move on quickly okay I've got to pick up if, a child in the frost otherwise well yeah speak. I don't want to I don't want to be uh, guilty of your child getting frostbite <laughs> if we spoke again in 10 years yes and you considered it had been a successful decade. Yes. What would have happened? When we speak again, way before that, Chris. I'll set a calendar reminder. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years. Um, I'm my personal mission at the moment is uh, a decade well spent because we're in the twenties, aren't we? Yes. So inspired by you know we touched on this earlier in our chat. Yeah. Nineteen twenties was a decade of the Great Gatsby. Yeah. The Great Gatsby of Windsor. <laughs> the um a decadent experimentation is when science and art and literature all sort of combined and people went out and explored the world and travel yeah. became more accessible and people that wanted to go and seek their own personal adventure did we had sort of psychological enlightenment and things like this so i'm inspired by that and i've got a little personal mission of a decade well spent okay. so we're in year two of that we're he- heading into year three 2030 yes. i in yeah. 2030 i want to go i have had that was a decade well spent 
um, I've spent time with my kids, time with my wife, time with myself, time with my friends, doing and absorbing and sucking up, sponging out of loads of things in life because now is like peak time. And I think it was definitely motivated by the pandemic where we're all sitting inside, all yeah. cooped up. And I, I wanted to, and that could happen any minute now. So I want to go out and run around like a child on the first day of snow and put footprints in it. So I will be able to tell you lots of stories of things I've done, things I've learned, uh, but not the whole, yeah, I went on a beach to party. <laughs> it, it, much more the internal journey, just as much as the external journey. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, growing the business, solving chunkier problems, putting some good back into the world. Um, I'm excited. The first time in a few years, genuinely excited about the new year. This is being recorded in December. Yes. So I guess this will drop in the early part of January. So I'm really yeah, looking January for, now, yeah. right now when I listen to this in January, I should be somewhere else doing something crazy and exciting. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Great answer. Mm. Okay, final question. Yes. So I've, I've asked you a question that my previous guest has put forward. And after we finish this, I will ask you for a question to ask my next guest. All right, so it's hidden. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, I get it. So I'm, I'm now getting the question that no one else has heard, but you know, Indeed. I got it, okay, good. Yeah. That question is, Andy, yes. what was the last thing that happened or you did at work that made you truly happy? The the thing that I last did, the last thing that happened at work that made me truly happy. Oh. Uh, watching someone else say and like do the thing that I had been doing and getting their first taste of success independent of me. And, and, and that gave me a, a lovely warm feeling. I don't know. I hope that was a very clumsy answer. I'll say it again. I hope that made sense. So I had, no, no, so, something you yeah. taught. So I had you... taught someone at work, a client, so it's a client project. Yeah. And I said, okay, oh, you're doing it in a few months time. Yes. Okay. Here are the things that you need to do then. Here's my advice. Here's, yes. the, here's the, here's the stuff. Like it, there, there's, there's what to do in a box. Go. And then the genius box. The, the, nice. And she went away and ran this particular project on her own with her client colleagues in within the business so they didn't need us and okay. to hear that that went as a like a huge success i was oh that's really that's such a nice story to hear thank you thank you for sharing that story with me so yeah watching someone else do what i had done that was nice lovely answer Hmm. A great way to finish this podcast. And I, I feel like I could probably sit here and talk to you for hours and it would just fly by. It um, would. I'd love to, but which, my, I would leave my son frozen. The yeah, dog. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want your wife hunting me down. Very, very angry wife. And that marriage that I've just been talking <laughs> so positively about would be drawn <laughs> swiftly to a close. That would be horrendous, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just a, just a final thing then. So if anybody wants to come and say hello, wants to chat with you, follow up. I know social is not your thing, but where would I send them? Send them to, well, it can be an email, andy at thegeniusbox.com. Okay. I'll always reply. It might take me a while, but I'll always reply. And LinkedIn as well. Yeah, find Actually. me on LinkedIn. That's a nice place to go. Go there. The website's just there. No one's ever found us on the website. It just exists. But find me on LinkedIn, Andy Reed. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, andy, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. You can, go and get, you can go and get your child now. Thank you. 
Bye, everyone. <laughs> that was 10Q Interview with Mr. Andy Reid. If you made it to the end, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you did. What a lovely guy he is, right? Um, it kind of upset me a little bit that I had to cut quite so short at the end. Um, obviously, he had to pick his child up and... You know, his children, unfortunately, have to come first when it comes to my podcast, but what can you do? Anyway, uh, get in touch with him. Go and say hello on LinkedIn or drop him an email at is uh, andy at thegeniusbox.com. While you're at it, feel free to share any thoughts um, of our chat on any of the social channels at 10Q Interview Everywhere. That's all from me for now. I'm going to go and work on stopping saying my ums and likes. Make sure you've hit subscribe where you've listened to this. And the next Thank You interview episode will be live in your feed very, very soon. Take care.